welcome back to our podcast. This is Paint the Town Dead, and this is half of your host, Caitlin. And I'm the other 50%, Andrew. And we're so, so glad you came back to us this week, again, to uh, stuff us into your ear holes. Uh, nope. <laughs> we're, we're glad that you want to do that, um, as weird as that is. But, uh, but yeah, so thanks for, thanks for stopping by the old neighborhood. Yep. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, well. What? I don't know. I'm very excited to see what the audio sounds like for realsies on this. Yeah, we're, we're <laughs> experiencing sounds- some technical difficulties. It sounds like Rice Krispies in our ears. So if you're a tech person and you know what that means, please let us know because we have no freaking idea. Yeah, it's, it's specifically when I talk, it seems like it's doing that. I'm, I'm hearing it more and more now that I've become aware. So you're saying you're the problem? I always usually am yeah. the problem. It's like everything in life. You know how people are like, it's the immigrants fault for me. It's, oh, I did it again. I think the popping's getting worse. <laughs> it might be. We'll see. Like, it, hopefully, hopefully this doesn't translate too badly to the real thing. We'll find out, I guess. Yeah, when I we'll edit. just see. We'll see. Andrew, get a new microphone. Oh, I need to do something. This is the I second guess. time we've had problems with stuff. Third time, I think, actually. Technically, yes. You are correct. Though one time... Well, one time it had to do with the plugs on the computer because it wor- it did it to your microphone too. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe I don't know. We'll figure it out someday. Maybe. Yeah, this isn't this isn't you guys' problem. Don't worry about it. We'll figure it out. You just have to suffer with it, or yep. not, or not. Who maybe knows? Give up on it. We don't know. Hopefully, this will be better next time. <laughs> Anywho, all right. Well, what's been going on with you lately? Uh, I guess first thing I want to mention is. That uh, the murderer from last week that we covered, Marion Pruitt. Yeah. He was from Gastonia, North Carolina. Uh-huh. And apparently I have family connection there. What? What is it? Tell me. I don't remember exactly, but my dad said oh. that when uh, he was a kid, mm-hmm. uh, his parents, my grandparents, obviously. Yes. They, mm-hmm. uh, my grandma especially was into like tracking genealogy and stuff. Oh, yeah? And I guess back in those days, you'd actually have to go somewhere <laughs> to get like records and stuff instead of just oh. being like, internet. Like we do. That's miserable. So they would actually take trips places and Gastonia, North Carolina was one that they went to. And apparently there's like a Ferguson park there and <gasps> it's like. It's named after you. Exactly. And there might be another, there's another Ferguson thing my dad mentioned. I forget what it was that's there. You're so famous. So there might've been some of my people in North Carolina. I've looked it up before. There, it was a hotbed for like Scottish immigrants at one point and like stuff like that. And guess What? What? You're that. You're a Scottish immigrant. Yeah. Are you and a- also Arkansas is. Oh, really? Yeah. I did not know There's that. There's a reason that I knew uh, three other Fergusons in college that I was not related to. And oh, we're really? all from Arkansas. Really? <laughs> so. I know one of those. Actually, I, I know two of those. Yeah. And then the third was a baseball player who Named. also had the same first <laughs> yeah. name. So. <laughs> and people were like, oh, you're that Andrew Ferguson. And you're like, I'm not that Andrew Ferguson. Yeah, they're like. They, they like combined us. They're like, oh, you're so-and-so son, you know, my dad. And then it'd be like, yeah, and you, you, I heard you play baseball. It's like, no, it's the other the one. Other one. I, I'm just going to drop out. Don't you worry <laughs> about it. I'm going to be very successful like that. Exactly. You should have just played along and been like, yep. <laughs> should have been like, do I look like a baseball player? And if they said yes, it'd be like, well, there you go. <laughs> you don't and, if even- they, and if they said no, no matter what they said, it'd be like, well, there, well, there you, you go. go. And then you never confirm, you never deny. Exactly. You just let them believe what they want to believe. Mm-hmm. How a real magician works. It's almost like a politician's answer. It's like, 
just say something like vague yeah, yeah exactly very diplomatic very vague and like not an actual answer of any sort it's Gotta like love it. how do you feel about murder and just be like here's the thing about murder uh you know uh, a lot of people say it's okay some people say it's wrong uh you know i just i just think the states should decide yeah there you go <laughs> just pawn it off on somebody else yeah it's it's nobody's fault nobody is responsible or has to be accountable ever exactly yeah what have you been up to oh you know working did we already talk about getting my car smashed yes oh, okay that definitely happened it did it's in the shop I'm driving a really fun rental car right now i love it it has lots of bells and whistles. I know it's a Ford. What kind of Ford is it? Ford Fusion. Okay. 2020. It's got like a sunroof and remote start and push start and the seats move and like adjust like and you can like set it to multiple people setting things for height and stuff. Like you can set up like a profile where it's like so-and-so is yes. driving or sitting here. Pretty and much, yeah. That's interesting. Yep. And it has like Sirius XM, which I lapsed a long time ago <laughs> in my car. Uh, lots of things. I don't know. Cool things. Still got the front and the back camera like my car does. Well, do you have anything else to talk about before we get going? Um, There was something I want to talk about. Maybe it'll come to me. Well, we can talk about it after because I just had McDonald's for supper and oh God. I may literally die of overdose from the sodium. Oh no. So we need to get going okay. before that happens. Get we, gotta, the- we gotta get the the show has to go first. <laughs> Are you getting the sweats? <laughs> I just I, I bit into that burger and I was like, Is this pure salt? What am I eating? Oh my God. And I got used to it, I guess. I don't and you're know. like, it's pure deliciousness. I can no. feel my blood pressure going up. <laughs> it was like I oh no. I should have done this. After the podcast, I'm going to have some roasted vegetables and some salmon. Yeah. Also, if we suddenly cut out and then get like weirdly spliced back in, it's because I'm on call for work right now. And if I get called in, we'll have to pause and pick it back up when I come back. We'll, we'll tell you if that happens. Yeah, yeah. Well, we'll, we'll be, I'll be like, oh, gosh darn it when, yeah. it when you hear the loud pager go off. So you ready to uh, talk about this week's episode? Uh, Yeah. Okay. I'm really excited to tell you about it. Um. Actually, it, it's pretty sad, but, and this is going to be a kind of a whirlwind of a, of an episode. Um, and I want to go ahead and thank my friend Kendall, who gave me this idea. She was telling me about it. This is kind of like one of her hometown murders, if you will. Um, and it was very interesting. A lot of, um, a lot of, a lot of very suspicious things going on. Um, and right off the top, um, I got most of my information from a two-part series written by Michael Whiteley uh, for the, I think it was for the Arkansas Democrat Gazette. Um, he did like a whole, I mean, they were, there was so much information in them. It was packed with information and there was just no way to put all of it in here. So if you want to read more in depth about it, go look that up. Um, the expose's uh, one was called "Who Killed Billy Jean," and by Michael Whiteley. And the second part was called uh, "Meth and Murder in Madison County" by Michael Whiteley. So we'll put the link in the show notes. Yes, I mean they are very in-depth and have a lot more specifics and details also i want to say off the top i am going to talk about some graphic content so just a heads up um and there might be a cuss word or two but that is from quotes from different things that from direct quotes so just a heads up okay so this week today andrew i'm going to talk to you about billy jean phillips 
Billy Jean seems like that used to be a very popular name. Or like Barbara Jean or like Norma Jean. Yeah. Norma Jean, was, that was uh, Marilyn Monroe's like real name or something? Correct. Is that, right? that is okay. correct. Um, so Billie Jean Phillips, she was born June 13th, 1959. Um, so <laughs> right off the bat, reading those articles by Michael Whiteley, this was the opening line and it is like the most accurate thing I've ever heard about I mean, just reading about Billie Jean's life is pretty accurate. So the article from Arkansas Democrat Gazette said of Billie that she, quote, rode life like a sexual jet ski. Death seemed to trail in her wake, which is just quite the statement to say of someone. <laughs> I, yeah, sexual jet ski. It, wow. <laughs> I don't even know what that means, but it's accurate. What a set of words those are. It is accurate. Okay. So the same article described her as petite, pretty and tough with reddish brown hair that flowed to her shoulders. At the time of the story, though, <laughs> all the pictures that I found, she had blonde hair. So I don't really know which one's correct. Maybe she like dyed it. Yeah, yeah. Those. I think, yeah, I think so. She was one of five children, uh, four girls and a boy. Billy and Robert, her brother, were the youngest. And they were always of the rebellious type, always getting into trouble as teenagers. They were thick as thieves. And she was always looking out for a little brother. Uh, she was tough. As she got older, she was tough with connections to drugs in the seedy underbelly of Huntsville, Arkansas, which again is in like the west northwest part of, of Arkansas. Yeah, I. Hmm. Do you notice that most of our cases take yeah, place we there? Talk, we talked about that. Yeah, it's weird. It's like the Florida of Arkansas or something. Well, I mean, because Little Rock and also West Memphis and Pine Bluff yeah. are always on like most dangerous city lists. Yeah, maybe it's just like Northwest Arkansas just has all the weirdest. Maybe it does. Yeah, that's true. Maybe, I li- maybe, I don't know. I, like, speculation. Yeah, like Little Rock, it's probably just like gang activity. Gang stuff, stuff yeah. which is usually like not going to be interesting to talk about at all. Agreed. Whereas like Northwest Arkansas is like, well, we got to get some murdering in, but we're going to do it weird. Super weird. Or have like a guy from Federal Witness Protection come roll through and murder <laughs> somebody who was also named Billie Jean. Oh my gosh, really? Yeah. Oh my gosh. I actually looked to make sure that was right because that's why I was like, there's still a lot of Billie Jeans at some point in history. Is that on our list? It's the one we did last week. Billie Jean. She was one of the people murdered by Marion Pruitt. Wow. That was the one in Fort Smith. Wow. It's been a long week. Long week indeed. Okay. Okay. She... It said in the article she was able to move along and blend in with the elite of the town, though. Even though she had all these tough connections, she still, you know, mingled amongst the elite. Uh, she was quite promiscuous with no mind paid to if men were married or not, which really ruffled quite a few feathers. Uh, former prosecuting attorney of Fayetteville, Terry Jones, said, quote, she lived a lifestyle that tended to antagonize the spouses of people that she went out with girlfriends and wives she would call them up on the phone and let them know what she was doing and anger them so she was like i'm sleeping with your husband and i don't care and i mean which is i'm gonna be a little judgmental here that's really bad don't do that but i mean she i will also be judgmental (laughs) that's that's all bad stuff there it is bad stuff um, so her, um, it said in the article, her sexual exploits began when she was about 15 with her first lover, a state trooper. Gross. Uh, yeah. Her father witnessed her climbing out of his patrol car and punched him. And their affair, uh, continued off and on until Billy was around 23. Still gross. Agreed. 
she would also taunt her lovers with the names of other lovers she had at the same time, which sent a couple of them into rages. So she would be like, all right, well, fine. Well, I'm banging so-and-so. And that would like, she she liked to push people to the edge, basically. She was, she was very argumentative and she would just push your buttons that like basically over and over again it said that she was just somebody you didn't want to fight with because she just knew where your weaknesses were and would just push them okay um one of the men that she enraged was randall wayne sharp who ended up being her first husband um who billy jean mcknight which is her main name had a very tempestuous relationship with. Uh, it said that one time he tied her up and locked her in a closet for hours while he gambled with his friends in the house. So, not a healthy relationship. That's not normal. No, it's not. It's not only not normal. It's uh, psychotic and it is crazy. Psychotic. And but bad. that, but that was like the thing. Is like everybody said she made men crazy, like psycho crazy, like just, like just made them lose their minds. So. Um, Soon after this incident, of course, the couple separated. Sadly, though, Randall ended up shooting himself in a hotel room as Billie Jean watched, which this is, uh, there's a big chunk in that article. Um, It's a debated incident in and of itself. Randall shot himself with the wrong hand, they found. So it's like there was nobody else in the room. Uh, I think Robert, Billie Jean's uh, brother, was there and somebody else, like a friend, but they didn't see anything and they came in and he was already shot through the head mm. was, but the gun was found and he's left-handed and it was in his right hand i wonder yeah i don't know that's so there, there's that's a lot of interesting. things there's a lot of things like that i know i know when i shoot if i use like uh, not with a pistol but like a rifle yeah. i always use like the wrong my wrong hand to pull a trigger which i don't know if that's i don't think that's normal no it's just a little ambidextrous like it's, but only for that one specific thing i don't know why i'm this uh, it's it's not i don't know if that's how irregular that is but yeah but yeah if it's like a handgun it would be i would use my right hand hmm. so remember that when you stage my murder i guess or stage a <laughs> suicide when i really want to have a new episode on the podcast when you want if we're do getting the, really short on content when when you decide to do the finale oh my gosh because you will go <laughs> to jail you'll be like and then this is how I did it. And have a good night, everybody. Yeah, there you go. No, bad, bad. Please, please don't, though. No, I promise. I, I like living most of the time. Okay, promise. I won't do that. And even when I don't like it, I'm like, ah, I'm good. It's not so bad. Yeah, it's like, today sucked, but, you know, you'll probably be fine tomorrow. I don't know. Tomorrow is my... Or even later today, it'll be better. <laughs> we'll just, let's know? just take a nap. Let's just sleep on it. There you go. We'll be fine. That's all it is. I just need a nap. I'm I'm grumpy. <laughs> yeah. You need a Snickers. You're yeah. not yourself when you're hungry. <laughs> okay. Um, another of the enraged men, you know, men that she angered, was her second husband, Roger Dale Harp. Uh, he, at one point, had a gun held to her head as she mocked and insulted him during a fight, which she was, I'm telling you, she was that kind of person. So he stated that Billie Jean just wanted to marry him because she thought he had money, which was not the case. And when she found this out, th- that's when they began to fight. And they fought often and they fought hard. And that was, of course, the demise. But Harp said of her, she could cut you s- so low, it would take a stepladder to climb into a matchbox. That is a heck of a saying. I, the, the, yeah. The sexual jet ski and that <laughs> saying. Yeah. I was like, I love this. Uh, so her third husband was one Mr. Jim. I, I guess it's Chick. 
Uh, well, if it doesn't have the K, I would say Sheik probably. But, but, but yeah. why? I don't know. It's either he's, Jim he's, Sheik, he's Sheik or Jim Cheek Phillips. It's fancy? I'm sorry, Chick. Chick or Sheik, I don't know. So in this marriage, she bore her only child, a son named Mackenzie. Uh, her and uh, uh, Phillips were married for eight years until they divorced in July of 93. Uh, one notable lover she had was a local prosecuting attorney, Howard Rusty Kane Jr. Uh, he went by Rusty and his son, Trey. So you heard that right. Father and son lovers. Mm. According to this article. I obviously don't know that, but according to the article, Hart believes, uh, so her second husband uh, believes that the re- their relationship, okay, this gets, there's a lot of players here. So Hart, her second husband, believes that the relationship with Cain, uh, Cain, the dad, Rusty, Rusty Cain, began after her first husband's death and continued into her second husband's marriage. And their marriage, her second husband's marriage only lasted two years. And then it even continued on after that. So Billie Jean was a woman who craved power um, in her lovers and in her men. Along with the prosecuting attorney, Rusty uh, Kane, she had many other lovers on the police force um, and affairs with many prominent men in the community, touting a briefcase with incriminating evidence against them that was never found. Or was it? Um, Mm. So... uh, one I saw I read a, I didn't put it in here but there was a quote by somebody in there that was like she bragged that she was going to sleep with every officer on the police force and I was like okay um so her affair with Kane was definitely the most heated one it was th- definitely the one that lasted the longest the most serious and everyone in town knew about it and Kane was a very well connected man being the prosecuting attorney uh he was married to Sharon Kane who was the music teacher in town uh just a side note here what I found interesting. Rusty Kane was in charge when Sharp committed suicide in the hotel room. Uh, once it was ruled a suicide by the coroner, he told the investigators to drop it, not to look any more into it or anything. So very interesting. Whatever that means. Take what you will. Um, in the months leading up to her demise, Billie Jean pushed very openly for Kane to divorce his wife, which caused obvious strain in her and Kane's relationship and in and Rusty and Sharon's relationship. So in the months leading up to um, Billie Jean's demise, she pushed openly for Kane to divorce his wife, which caused obvious strain between Rusty Kane and, and Billie Jean and then Rusty and Sharon as well. So she, she is in Billie, Billie Jean. She received a card at Christmas that stated, quote, go F somebody else's husband signed SC, which at first, I thought was Santa Claus because it's at Christmas, and I was like, "Santa, what?" Well, well, yeah, he's no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> That's not Sharon Kane, maybe. Yeah. Well, I mean, I could see Santa saying that, like, "Hey, listen, if you want to get gifts this yeah. year, you need to work on this. Yeah, you're not getting anything this year. Yeah, next year, go well, to somebody else who's single. Yeah, when they're married, that means they're not available, <laughs> or at least they're not supposed to be. Yeah, well, apparently, yeah. apparently they can be. Yeah, well, so um. Billie Jean, uh, this was a, a little bit before her demise, she came to the Kane's home and had a junk, drunken confrontation with Sharon. And then two weeks before Billie's death, Sharon caught her and Rusty in the car together, reached in, and punched him square in the nose. And I put in there, you go, girl. So, Which, like, also maybe do more, like, yeah, don't 
be married to yeah, that person. Yeah, because I mean, clearly he's a terrible stuff, person, but, and you yeah. know, like, bye, bye. Yeah. All right, so we're going to get into some stuff. And just, just know we're getting very close to some graphic territory. So the day before Billy's murder, she spent it shopping with her mother, Edna McKnight. She bought items for Kane, and in my notes I put gag because she bought him like shirts and things like that. And it's like, that's, no, okay. And the thing is also like for him. Yeah, don't like, be what, a skis ball. Well, and she's like trying to push for him to get divorced. Yeah. He's probably, I don't know, well, I guess we'll see what happens, but he's probably smart enough to know like, the, what happened with the last two husbands and how great that went yeah he's probably like no this is this needs to be only a for funsies thing yeah and to know her i mean clear i mean and people that knew her knew she was very i mean y- you know hot-headed and you know spoke her mind and and whatnot um so she told her uh billy told her mother that she had rented a safety deposit box the day before and then told her mother that there was just one piece of paper in it so she also said she and Kane had mutual stock together. And if something should happen to her, she wanted her mother to take out the stocks for McKenzie. Um, later, police would say there was nothing in that safety deposit box. And Kane said they did not share stocks together. Um, but, oh, yeah. This was after he was named to the board of directors of that exact bank. So it's like what was in the safety deposit box? He could make it disappear if he's on the board of directors for that bank. So I did see somewhere in that same article, other investigators said they found over $10,000 in the box, which Kane told police it was for his son, Trey, who was going through a divorce. So who knows? I don't know. So Kane stated that he last saw Billie Jean on September 2nd at around 5 p.m. when he stopped by her house to drop off some money and pick up the items Billy had purchased for him. He told her uh, he couldn't spend the night that night because he had family coming into town which is like real class act. They're like, oh, I, I can't I can't be with my mistress because I have family coming into town to my house. So cool. Um, Edna, again, that's Billie Jean's mom. Edna stated that she last saw Billy around 10 p.m. that same night as she was preparing to close at the store. So Ed, Billy and Edna and Earl uh, McKnight, which are Edna and Earl are, are her parents, um, they owned like a convenience store and Billy worked there and managed it as well. Um, so her mother said, um, as they were closing up the store together around 10 PM, her mother said that Billy kind of got this far off look and was looking out the store window. She watched a white Corvette go by. She put her hand on her mother's shoulder and said, quote, you need to get out of here now. Um, and investigators believe she met her demise within two hours of that conversation. So, and I did see somewhere that time of death was when he were anywhere between 12 a.m. and 6 a.m. So, could mm-hmm. be anything. So, we're going to talk about the next day, which was September 3rd. So, the morning of September 3rd, Chick Phillips showed up at Billy's house with Mackenzie since they were divorced. It, it has to be chic, I'm pretty sure. Are you sh- I don't think so. Well, let me tell you, uh, because everything comes back to Poppy. And Poppy has a song that is literally called Chic Chick. I get and it. Chic is spelled that way. I get it. But like, like Chick, but, Chick, like, like, I think from Cars, there's a character named Chick maybe. And it's spelled like that. What, like Chicklets? Yes, exactly. Oh, no, I don't. Surely not. But I'm pretty sure a, country, a good old boy is not going to be named Chic. 
I bet it's chick. Maybe. I bet. I, but why would it be, why would the country boy want to be chick? Well, it, ask the and, people in cars. I don't know. And why wouldn't they spell it with a K at the end? Because then it's like a chick, a girl. Exactly. Everything I said. No. Okay. Is it just, maybe it's like Patrick. Maybe that's what it is. They said it weird. I don't think so. No? No. No, I'm saying like, that's why the name, somebody said Patrick weird. They say like Patrick. I don't know. No, I don't think so. You, you don't know though. <laughs> okay. So, showed up at the house. Okay. Blah, blah, blah. The morning of September 3rd, Chick Phillips showed up at Billy's house with Mackenzie. Mackenzie had stayed with his father the night before because of, you know, custody and stuff like that. And they came back to Billy's house to pick up a four-wheeler. So as he came into the house, seven-year-old Mackenzie saw his mother's body sprawled out on her bedroom floor. He fled from the house, confused, yelling to his father, quote, Mommy fell painting. So Chick ran inside to check his son's story and then fled the house in a panic. He first drove to a salvage yard, um, which wasn't far from Billy's house, and then to the McKnight's house, then to his own home when the McKnight's were not there. He finally reached the McKnight's at their shop, um, the store, and only then did he call the police. So he made a lot of stops before he called the police. But I mean, you don't know what you would do unless you're in that situation. So I don't, I don't blame him. So the McKnight's called one of Billy's sisters, Una, to go check. When Una showed up, the police still had not arrived. Um, and when she walked into Billy's house, she noticed her very tidy kitchen was somewhat out of sorts. Um, on the county, on the county, on the counter were two candy wrappers, but not of the variety that Billy usually ate. I think it said she ate Hershey's with almonds in them, I think is what it said. So also the, uh, there was a card on the counter from Rusty Kane from a year or two prior, which is very odd. You know, like somebody had to go looking for that. So as she made her way into Billy's bedroom, what she happened upon was a bloody mess. And this is where we're going to talk about some graphic stuff. So there was blood splattered to within two feet of the wall adjacent to the bed, two large pools of blood on the stained sheets, and a t-ball bat broken into two pieces laying on the floor nearby. At the foot of the bed lay part of Billy's right middle finger. Um, Billy's body was against the far wall, face up underneath the AC unit, her head resting against a dresser. Her eyes were fixed, a large laceration to her scalp, and clearly been busted open, and a lamp with a stained glass shade lay across her legs. Her arms were badly battered and bruised along with her exposed abdomen. Her t-shirt was pulled up over her breast, which when I first read that, I was like, there must be a sexual motive to this crime, but we'll get to that. So Yuna, who was again at the house, uh, she was a nurse. Yuna was a nurse. She went over to Billy uh, to check for any signs of life. But she, before even checking a pulse, she's, she felt that her body was cool to the touch and stiff with rigor mortis. Uh, an autopsy revealed that there was 0.54 grams of meth in her blood. But she would have had to take it recently as it had not worked its way all the way through her system yet. Um, this was one reason investigators thought she might be expecting companies because she had taken drugs like right then. It's like, and, and Eunice said that her sister always slept in a t-shirt and panties, which she had on, but she never slept in jewelry or her hair up. And she had all of her rings and watches and bracelets on and her hair was up in a barrette and the barrette was broken. And so it was like, she, Una thought she was probably expecting somebody too. And I guess if she has all the jewelry, it's probably not a robbery. Yes. Yes. And that's another thing is that, um, we'll talk about that in a second. Uh, Robert... 
the brother, Robert Knight, was next to show up. Yuna warned him not to go inside, but he did. Um, Rusty Kane then called from his office. I guess he called Billy's phone. Um, and Yuna informed him of Billy's murder. And then he showed up, which was very much a conflict of interest for him to be there. Um, Kane tried to enter the bedroom, but Yuna ordered him not to do so and not to touch any and not to touch Billy as she realized he might be the prosecutor and need to be at the crime scene, but also he's definitely going to be a suspect because everybody knew about their affair. Yeah, it's like it's one of those things where he'd, he'd need to recuse, recuse himself. Correct. Or at least should. Well, he did not. And he was in and out of the crime scene all day as prosecutor attorney, but and nobody stopped him. And that was, there's a couple of faux pas that we'll talk about. Um, but Yuna realized that he's going to be a suspect and said, don't go in there, don't touch her. But he went in and, and looked at her at least. Um, but Yuna noted when he saw Billy, he tried to cry but could not, which is... You never know how you're going to react in that situation, but that's odd. Yeah, that's. Okay. I don't think I would try to cry. I would. I would or I wouldn't. <laughs> exactly. Like. And if I started yes to, I would, no. I would try not to. Yeah, it'd be like it's going to happen. I'm too strong for this. <laughs> so um, again, yeah, Kane went in and out of the crime scene, out of the house all that day, which was a terrible idea. Um, officers at the scene noted there were spe- specks of blood on his shoes, and they had sworn statements saying that. They never found shoes with blood on it. Um, and also, he could just say, well, I've been walking around the exactly. thing. Yeah. So, police took the clothes Kane was wearing, as well as additional clothing from his house. But, like I said, they could not find any forensics that would connect him back to the murder scene. Um, notably missing from Billy's home were most of the, clo- the clothes that Kane kept over there, as well as his mustache trimmer he kept over there. Billy's clothes from the day of her murder were hanging haphazardly on Kane's side of the closet. So like he had clothes and belongings there and stuff. So like most of his stuff was gone, which was weird. And her clothes were on his side of the closet, which was weird. Um, so also notably missing weeks after the murder, that vacuum cleaner, Oh, there was a vacuum cleaner that was in the middle of the floor. Um, which was odd because it was supposed to be kept behind a closet door or her bedroom door or something. And it was just in the middle of the thing. Police never took the contents of that vacuum cleaner for for inspection and investigation. And when they when her family came back weeks later, the bag from the vacuum cleaner was missing. It was not in there. Hey, remember when vacuum cleaners had bags? I do, and I thought about that too. I was That's like, so weird. I was to like, think about. and we had one of those. Yeah, I think I think you and I are just old enough that we would have grown up with those being yes. a thing. Yeah. But like modern day, that's not. No. Vacuums don't have those anymore. No. It's weird that they did. I remember asking my mom, because like when I moved into my first apartment, she got me a vacuum cleaner. I was like, mom, can I have a vacuum cleaner without a bag in it? She's like, I don't think they make those anymore. <laughs> that was only like 10 years ago. And so, and anyways, she, I guarantee they don't make it now. But I was like, oh, really? They don't? Okay. Well, whatever. All right. Anyways. Okay. Yeah. So the police did not take that bag of the vacuum cleaner contents into evidence, but it was missing when her family came back to the house. Suspicious. Very. Um, Also oddly noted upstairs, she had an extra bedroom up there. She had apparently added on to her house, which included the master bedroom as well as an an additional bedroom upstairs. Her family said nobody had stayed in that in that extra room. Uh, but when the police did like, they made like a video, you know, walkthrough video of the crime scene, the bed was like clearly wallered in, like the sheets were all and blankets were all like, you know, messed up and the pillows were all dented, like somebody had been sleeping in it. And they said that was, that was not normal. That shouldn't, that shouldn't be like that. So another 
bad thing from the police. They, quote, accidentally ordered the bat and evidence to be destroyed, which, mind you, old, old Dusty, Rusty Kane is still, still honcho around this time. This seems like a real who watches the Watchmen type of situation. I don't know what that means, but I like it. If there's a Watchman. Watching the Watchman. Wa- who watches the Watchman who's in charge, essentially. It's, oh you might think it comes from the comic book Watchmen. But it does not? It does not. It comes from Mike Shakespeare, I think. Oh, okay, okay. Oh, good job. Jumping a little Shakespeare. Thank you. If, I, if I'm right about that. Okay, cool. I know it predates the comic book. Okay, cool. So I put in there so much shady stuff. Yeah, I could see like... There's a lot of conflict of interest happening. Yeah, and also just the fact that it's they're destroying the evidence. Like, yes. But why? Well, it was an accident. It was a, like a mistake. It was a wrong item ordered to be des- destroyed, but supposedly. Like, hmm. I just wonder almost like why you destroy any evidence to some extent. Well, later, like you just can't keep all the evidence, but... Like cases that have been solved and stuff, you know, I'm sure you would probably destroy that evidence. I don't I know guess. that for a fact, but Maybe. you have to make room. You can't just keep all that evidence forever, you know. Maybe. If it's a closed case or, or solved or whatever, I mean. I'd be curious to know. I don't know. Because I know nothing of anything. Police officers and forensic people, tell us. We Unless don't know. Unless you're a corrupt detective who's going to be like, now nah, we destroy stuff all the time. Don't even worry about it. Don't even think about it. <laughs> no, no, no. It's, this is normal procedure. Yeah. <laughs> but if you're a normal detective. And you won't do that. Let, let us know, I yeah. guess. So. Da, 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 da. I guess I can probably ask. I don't know. I know a, a person who has a law degree. Yeah, he might know. That I've lived with for a long time. Most of your life. Yeah, yeah. You might. He might know. Okay. So police concluded that. This is that. The first blow to Billy was while she was in or on the bed. She had lifted her hands to protect herself, and that is when she lost a piece of her middle finger as the beating continued. So, like, to, to have lost a portion of your finger, somebody was really strong having to be beating the ever-living daylights out of her. Literally all the force they could muster, probably. If this was a more modern times murder, I would suggest looking PCP. at the minor league baseball team oh. up there Oh, okay. in, at, in Springdale, because oh. like that's a heck of a swing right there. Oh my God, maybe you're onto something. I mean, this happened before that team existed. Oh, but, you okay, know. never mind. Just kidding. <laughs> never mind. So they they said the brunt of the beating occurred on her right side, which led investigators to believe that the assailant was left-handed. Her t-shirt, which was torn up the back and up over her breast in the front, indicated she was jerked across the room and that overturned the lamp that was in her lap. So I when I when I thought sexual motive, no, it wasn't. It was that. That was why. Allegedly. Um, when the beating failed to silence her, police believe she was strangled. That's what her autopsy showed. They also believe there were, there were signs of a break in, in there, but they believe they were faked because like there was some torn screens like by a bedroom window, but the contents of the desk underneath, there was still dust on the window and none of the contents were disturbed. There was still $301 in her wallet. And it was just, they believe that it was not actually a real break in and that, um, stuff was staged or whatever so okay after the murder so rusty kane and chick phillips they both took polygraph tests in the uh, in the days right after the murder and they both failed on different points but we all know that polygraphs aren't very reliable and also an investigator in the case said if you knew to knew billy jean was to like at one point or another you wanted to just strangle her like because she was just she just made your blood boil so 
they said it's kind of understandable that they failed a couple of questions, but mm, who knows? Okay. Um, a week later, Kane did something very bad. He called the state crime lab to get information on the case, which is almost kind of like seems like a HIPAA violation. So that is definitely a conflict of interest. Um, and his role as prosecutor for the county ended on September 9th. He was essentially terminated from that job because of that. So um, Tanya Sharp, daughter of Randall Sharp, again, that was her second husband. No, I'm sorry, her first husband. Tanya Sharp, daughter of Randall Sharp from a previous marriage, she blamed Billy for her father's death. Um, and even Tanya was looked at as a suspect for Billy's murder, as well as her husband, Keith. And um, I, I didn't, there's a lot about this in the articles. When I talk about Billy being connected to the seedy underbelly of Huntsville, I'm, I'm saying she was smacked up in the middle of it. Her family was involved. Her friends were involved. And it was a big, meth was the big thing. And obviously, you know, she, she, she did some meth. I don't know how heavily, but she was involved with drugs as well. Um, and her brother especially was. So with all the bad drug deals going on with her brother, um, she was always trying to help little brother out, pay off debts, help with dealers. It was speculated that Robert had something to do with her murder or at least his connections did if she didn't pay one of his many debts. So like they knew she was paying his debts and his debts were not paid. And so they, you know, did that. So Rusty and Trey Kane uh, have both passed DNA tests and have been interviewed by investigators in Clear. Neither Sharon Kane nor her and Rusty's son together, Blakeney, have been tested. Um, there was DNA from underneath Billy's fingernails. And so that's what I mean by tested with DNA. Robert McKnight and his half-brother, Chris McKnight, both passed DNA tests. And Earl and Edna McKnight put up a $25,000 reward as well as hired a PI to try and solve their daughter's murder. Um, so it there was a lot of speculation. There was so much drama in between. This article was written in 97. So that was what, three years after her murder? Um, I can math. Um, so in that three years and in between 97 to what I'm about to talk about, I mean, there was so much stuff, so much ins and outs. It was so deep. It goes so deep. I can't even begin to scratch the surface of it. So that's why I like please go read those articles by Whiteley because they they explain everything. Especially because it seems like there's so many people who would have a motive. Yes, exactly. Because, that, and that was the whole point. It's like, was it a spurned lover? Was it a jealous lover? Was it the a spouse of a lover? Was it part of the drug stuff that was the problem? That was the whole thing. Is like, there was so many reasons to want to kill. I know that sounds terrible and I don't mean it like that. But to somebody who wanted to kill her, there was so much motive. You know what I mean? So, um, which is, I mean, it's never okay. It doesn't matter how promiscuous somebody's lifestyle is. You don't murder somebody. That's not the answer. So, we're, uh, my next thing, my next, my next portion is titled, A Suspect Emerges. So, in November of 2002... Clint Eugene Phillips, which is no relation to um, to Billy Jean. There's no relation, which is weird. He was charged with first degree murder in connection with Billy's case. So he had committed a little bit about him. He had committed a sexual assault um, unrelated to Billy. Um, this was a little bit before two November 2002. And with that, he was required to provide a DNA sample. 
And the sample, when they put it in the system, it came back as a match to the unknown DNA under Billy's fingernails. So before this, 17 other suspects DNA had been compared unsuccessfully, like DNA collected from 17 other people and compared, which is quite a few. And they had compared the DNA to thousands of criminals that already had DNA on file that might have a reason to murder her. So that's a lot of people. Um, And at the time of the murder, old Clint was just 17 years old and he turned 18 the day after the crime was committed. Clint stated that Billy had been teasing him about giving him a birthday present. And he stated that this quote present was oral sex in a parking lot of a church near Billy's home. So, okay. Um, At least she waited until it was legal or was playing. No. Well, also it was the day before his birthday. Well, also technically I think age of consent in Arkansas is like 16. I think Arkansas, you're gross. Um, <laughs> <laughs> accurate especially <laughs> so, apparently northwest arkansas really guys get it together what is your deal it's like the wild west up there what is your it it really is it was old fort smith there with the hanging judge and all that maybe that's why it's so fun it could fun, fun, is, a, fun is a strong word okay so his defense clint's defense stated that billy scratched him that night during the sexual encounter like you know like on you know like on his back or something and that is how his dna was found underneath her nails but prosecutors contended that clint's motive for killing billy could have been uh spurned sexual advances or the fact that he stated he could not climax during their encounter due to alcohol intoxication which we know what that's called right there's a term for it (laughs) you've all heard it if you're listening to this you've probably heard it it's called whiskey richard (laughs) that's right i was was gonna say never mind okay um his defense team stated there was no concrete evidence tying him directly to the crime scene and that police were being heavily pressured by disgruntled community and as well as billy's family to make an arrest in her case which makes sense i mean right he had he, Clint had not initially been a suspect at all, but after the McKnight's read about his sexual assault charge in the newspaper, they asked police to kind of look into him a little bit more. So uh, his defense stated that a scrawny little 17 year old, which apparently he was a scrawny guy back then, was not physically capable of bestowing that much damage upon Billy's body, which was significant damage. So in September of 2003, Clint was acquitted of the slaying. They had a trial and everything. And I think he said the jury debated for six hours, came back and acquitted him. That doesn't seem very long. No, it's... They it, must not have had there wasn't much else. Th- there was reasonable doubt, I read. They said there was just too much reasonable doubt. You know, there, it, you have the DNA underneath her fingernails, but it very, you know, with her taking into account her lifestyle and everything, it very well could have been a... Um, a sexual encounter that was um what's the word i'm looking for consensual so i mean there's besides that there's nothing they there was nothing at the crime scene directly tying him to it so many statements though i read was reading this article were made during the trial that cast suspicion upon rusty Kane. there was a lot and of course we read we talked about all that shady stuff that went on but disclaimer there has Nothing has ever tied him concretely to the crime, nor has he ever been charged with anything. So he is an innocent man, but it's just all those things are very suspicious. You know, some, something something isn't adding up, you know, so whatever it is. And unfortunately, to this day, Billy's case is still unsolved. 
And that is the very um, wild ride of Billy Jean Phillips' life. Yeah, that was uh, very strange. It, very, and yeah. It was wild. There was, so, I'm telling you, so much information in those articles. I mean, just an insane amount. I tried my best. <laughs> so, uh, just uh add on at the end here. Yeah. Um the character you're thinking of from Cars. Yeah. It is spelled C H A C H I C K. Oh, well, okay. Chick Hicks. That's it. Chick Hicks. Antagonist of Cars, oh. played by Michael Keaton. Oh, really? Yeah. So Batman? Um just that one time, but yeah. Yeah. Also Beetlejuice? Yes. Also Birdman. That's right. But nobody knows him for that. Also, bad guy in Spider-Man, one of the new Spider-Mans. Yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, spoiler, spoiler alert. Spoiler yeah. alert. <laughs> um, Oops. He's also in, I think he's in the new RoboCop, but I haven't seen it. The reboot. Basically, throw us your pop cultural questions because we can answer them for trivia. Maybe. Movies. Okay. Let me for that. Movies, actors, music, things of that nature. And also still maybe, I would, I would contend. I think I'd be pretty good at it. Yeah, I mean, you, you. if we had a head-to-head, you would win that one. I got, somebody was doing a uh, crossword puzzle at work today, and the clue was something about, oh, like V for V for Vendetta, and I was like, oh, Ron, Agent yeah, Smith. And say, uh, yeah, what's his face? Hugo, Hugo Weaving. Weaving. Yeah, Hugo Weaving. And I was like, I got this. It's weird that he was in that, because you never see his face or anything, because he's just behind the mask the whole time. He is, isn't he? Well, basically, but yeah. Yeah. You yeah. never really see his face. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um... Uh, I don't know. Do you have anything to talk about specifically? I do. Oh, okay. And I can't remember what it is. Okay. Well, I'll stall. Uh, I'll talk about, um, I finally watched Aquaman. Yeah. Tell me what you thought. It's real crap and real dumb, (laughs) but also it's kind of great in some spots. It's the fun crap. It's fun crap. Some of it's the fun crap. Some of it's the bad crap. Very cringy crap. Basically, if it involves, um, what's the actress's name? Amber Amber Heard. Who turns out uh, seems to be a terrible person. Yep. Uh, if it involves her, it was bad. Not because I was thinking about how she faked being beat up by Johnny Depp or whatever. Um, bad thing but I was thinking about like, and everybody's bad when she's on screen because they're trying to do like this romance soap plot with. There is no chemi- J- there's it, no chemistry, none, zero. No chemistry. Um, and I, I think maybe maybe there could be chemistry if like the writing wasn't hideous. It's pretty bad. Because like even Natalie Portman, she comes off like a bad actress if you watch you know the Star Wars prequels. And she's a very good actress. She in, is a good actress. And yeah. everything else. Yeah. So it could just be like, I don't know, that it was bad writing, bad directing. And also I want to complain about, we talk, I talked to you about this. Maybe you can do a better uh, facsimile of this. I'm where ready. It's that thing where it's the music that plays all the time in like old comedies. They don't really do it anymore. Like 80s and 90s where it's like, they're like, do, 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 like when. Staccato. Like, very staccato. I don't know what the. Playful. It's a type of music that's like nothing music, but they play it for like in comedy stuff. Do you know what I'm talking about? I have no idea. You're gonna have to like find an example and play it. Well, the example would be like when Aquaman and Mera are doing stuff, and it's like this like burp, burp, doop, doop, doop. <laughs> it's like this very like light music. Pizzicato. I don't know. You're using terms like I know what they mean. I'm I'm speaking Italian. Pepperoni. <laughs> they do go to Italy in that movie. Italian sausage. <laughs> but just kidding. That's yeah. not Italian. The um, there's some good stuff in that when the movie is being uh really 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 dumb with like the fish stuff that's when it's a good movie <laughs> oh, yeah like 
<laughs> I love the part when uh, Aquaman's uh-huh. gonna fight somebody in this arena, yep. and like there's drums playing, and they show a shot of this glowing octopus playing the drums. Like that's pretty great. It's like it's um Little Mermaid, basically. But like oh my dog's but nice. like dumber and like or when they're like fighting the crab men and there's like a giant <laughs> oh, crab God, tank and stuff. It's that's the stuff I like or ocean master's mask it's like clearly metal but he furrows his brow and the mask furrows its brow too and it's like that makes no sense but that's a very comic book and i'm okay with it but it's kind of like deadpool like with his eyes and his mask you know yeah that one feels more realistic than like the metal brow <laughs> furrows exactly like that dude's would you never know you you don't know what kind of aqua magic they have oh i know exactly what kind they oh, have because okay. i've read the comics oh Okay. Though, depending on the comics, he usually doesn't like talk to the fish, like have conversations like he does. It's more of it's more of like he controls them. Yeah. That's it. That's not okay. No means no, Aquaman. Just kidding. Fish are simple creatures. He can just you can't you can't converse with them. Uh, Aquaman can. Depending on the version. Yeah. Like oh, this movie, he like has has actual conversation with them. Um, I got some cool gadgets this week. Oh yeah. I got a robot cleaner. Because mine kicked the bucket. I'm, I'm sorry to hear that. It's okay. It's okay. We had a burial for it. It's fine. Um, and my Apple Watch, the face kept popping off of it. Like the wires were still attached to the screen, but the like the screen kept popping off. And so I was just trying to like, um, I was just trying to like super glue it back. <laughs> the dogs are playing feed. <laughs> um. Anyway. So I just kept super gluing it back and it popped off and I was like, I think it's time for a new watch. (laughs) So I was like, there's only so much super glue you can like put on that little watch. So I got me a new one. I'm wearing it right now. Oh, very cool. Also, I tried to really hurt myself this weekend. Uh, You want to know how? Um, I would love to. I didn't wear sunscreen. Oh, you're a light-skinned person. You went out in the sun. You didn't wear sunscreen. That is correct. You're because an adult. Because I am not smart. Because I was like, I got kind of a little burned from doing yard work a couple weeks ago, and I was like, oh, I've got my base tan. It's fine. That is incorrect. Uh, by the way, Irish people don't ever have a base tan, <laughs> and that is me. I am incredibly pale, and I went out in the sun and just fried myself to a freaking crisp there is a stripe you can't i did a hand motion and i hit the microphone there is a stripe across my back from where the sun got it it is probably i don't know three it's like eight centimeters long eight centimeters wow what am i british eight inches long what are you anybody from anywhere (laughs) other than america and probably about three inches wide and all of it is turning into one giant blister yeah, that's what happens when you go out and get cooked by a sun. I literally, like, the sun tried to bake me. And then I had shivers and I didn't feel good that night. <laughs> not not surprising. I, it was bad. It was a bad thing. So, please wear sunscreen. Um, it's, I, I'm a bad person for not following my own advice. And I am, I for shame, for shame on me. Yeah, you uh, did a bad thing. You should feel bad. I do feel, like, literally, I feel awful. <laughs> This is what I did that Saturday morning and it's Monday night and I'm in excruciating pain. <laughs> it was yeah. bad. I got a little burned doing yard work on my bald head, but like just barely. Like oh, yeah. It's only 
A li- yeah. You getting your base tan too? That's right. I'm working yep. on I'm trying to get it in before the real summer comes and kills me. Oh my gosh. It's going to be, it was hard enough like doing, my dogs are playing so hard right now. If y'all can hear it, this my is gonna apologies. This going to be the worst audio. I'm so sorry. Uh, hey, calm down. Play somewhere else. They said, okay. They're they're like children. They're they're very rude. <laughs> I, 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 it's like um when you try to bother your mom while she's on the phone. She's mom, like, I'm on the phone. Mom, and you still just be like, ah, <laughs> I am a child and I am w- too wild. <laughs> you can't even deal with it. Oh my gosh! I will not be silenced, mother. Um, and then you get silenced because you get spanked. I remember what <laughs> I was gonna say. Oh, you'll great, be you'll be finally. happy at work today. I showed somebody um, Imba Imbam, the shrimp. Shrimp heaven heaven now. now. (laughs) I'm not sure if that's my favorite, but it's a very good one. It's so funny. Imba Imbam, if y'all don't know, is my brother, my brother and me. And Andrew really loves that podcast. I've actually not listened to it, but I really, it's, we've watched a bunch of YouTube videos and they're, it's so freaking hilarious. And I said something about, about, um, Oh, to be one of the because all three of them are married with children now. Yes, all three. There's three brothers. Uh, my brother, my brother, and me. There's three brothers, and they're really funny, and they just goof off. Um, and I was like, to be one of those wives, to be part of the sister sister in law thing, would just like I just can't imagine what those women are like and what they have to put up with, and it's just so hilarious. And then Andrew's like, oh, you know that they have one of the brothers and his wife who's a doctor they have a podcast together called sawbones and i about flipped my lid because a friend of mine at work recommended sawbones before andrew ever told me about it and she and i was like i was like lisa i have to tell you that that he's part of the i think it's justin justin isn't it yes that would be justin who has that one there's justin travis Sydney. and griffin yes and they're the brothers and anyways hilarious she said it's a great show i need to watch it watch it i need to listen, listen to it uh i've actually yeah when we when you and i talked about it i actually like subscribed to it because i kept forgetting to yeah i listened to a couple of episodes i quite like it did you yeah i need to um i think it's about time to wrap it up last thing let's yes. talk about okay since we're talking about it already i'm ready what are like other podcasts you listen to other podcasts i listen to yeah. i think i've made references to it before but um of course my favorite murder i literally binged the entire show in like a couple weeks um love it karen and georgia are hilarious i love listening to them and of course steven um crime junkie of course that one's another popular one um what else do i listen to Ooh, i just finished um dr death which we talked about a little bit and they're making a TV show, but it's not about the same story. It's like... Oh, is that one about Steve Williams, the wrestler named Dr. Death? What is wrong with you? No. Um, it was... No, 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 no. It, it's... You, you have to listen to it. It's about a doctor who basically, like... I could be a better doctor than him, basically. He's a surgeon, a, a neuro... Neurolo, neuro... Neurosurgeon. And he... It's bad. It's real bad. You have to listen to it. It's very interesting. Very well researched. Very well done. What uh, about you? Yeah, so I got into a podcast recently called Reply All. Oh, yeah? What's that about? Um, it's basically, it's about whatever, but a lot of times it's like somebody comes to these guys with like a question about like an obscure internet thing, uh-huh. and they solve it or something like that. Uh, the best one, like, um, don't you think? Oh, a recent episode I listened to. I've been listening to like some of the backlog. Um, there's an episode where a guy was talking about one of those sleep relaxation uh, apps. Yeah, yeah. And how there's a sound file that was called like air conditioning or whatever. <laughs> and in the 
file, they hear like there's a part where like a woman talks for like a second in a foreign language. What? And he, and yeah, he said it was like really creeped him out because at first he thought he is his house is somebody was in his house or something because that's like why would you have that in an air conditioning file? And they basically go through and talk to the people who make the app and the people who they got the sound from and blah 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 and go all the way down the line to figure out what? where that sound came from and it ended up coming from like a movie. Oh. Like it was a sound file that was supposed to be like background noise in a movie. Weird. Yeah. So there's like stuff like that. Um, I also listened to. Uh, That's so cool. Yeah. It's very good. There's like some really fun stuff like that. Cool. Like really interesting. Or like one where like somebody had a, used to have a website with their name uh-huh. and then they let that lapse and now there's like something weird on it. So then they were like trying to get them to figure out how they could go about getting that website back oh my gosh because it was like some squatters who just like jumped on it oh god yeah so that's interesting um welcome to night vale i i like that one a lot what it, what is that one it's that like a, familiar it's a fiction podcast but it's like the concept is like this weird desert town that doesn't exist called night vale mm-hmm. and it's mostly like radio broadcast and like about the current events and stuff and it's like this weird conspiracy and ghost stuff that happens all the time it's like really goofy that sounds pretty cool like the example i always give is one of the announcements they're like due to a scheduling conflict wednesday is canceled like (laughs) stuff like that i like that yeah or like there's like one where they're they're due to a scheduling conflict we're canceling the entirety of 2020 get out of here yeah there you go garbage other than see also there's um how did this get made? Which is where they is talk it like about like how it's made, like the show. No, oh. it's about bad movies, and they talk about <laughs> it. it's um, uh, Jason Mantzoukas, uh, June Diane Raphael, and uh, Paul Shear. Paul uh-huh. Shear is um, sounds familiar. He's Andre on the League. Oh, and okay, okay, yeah. Jason yeah. Mantzoukas is Rafi from the League. Uh, oh, so it's probably pretty funny. Yes, and uh, yeah, so those are like some of the main ones I listen to. Also, our podcast, because I have to edit it, so I listen to it every <laughs> yeah, week. I know you do. But uh, other than that, yeah, there's like 83 Weeks is a wrestling podcast that nobody would care about other than me. I told you to listen to We Watch Wrestling, um, yeah. because that is um, Vince Avril, who is um, Georgia Hard Stark's husband. He runs that podcast. He hosts it, co-hosts something. Yeah. They talk about wrestling. <laughs> Oh, another one I want to mention, because um, I'm always searching for like fiction podcasts, mm-hmm. like like dramas or whatever. They're usually bad. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's one I really liked until the very end where it sucked. What? On the very last episode. I think you told it's me about called this the one. Black Tapes. Yes. And it's like this like kind of ghost story type stuff. And it's like, it's done like a, a documentary drama thing. Yeah, you told me about that. It's really good. Um, again, up until like the very end is a a mess i think i think they ran out of money or like everybody was like <laughs> we're gonna go do other stuff now we have more important things to do so they, they couldn't get people back and yeah. they're just like we gotta wrap this up now then and it's a bad time another great podcast is stuff you missed in history class love it that one's fun on that note mm-hmm. um i haven't listened to that one but i used to listen to stuff you should know it's, just, like it's from the same the network same, yeah, yeah yeah and uh, another history podcast you should listen to is mm-hmm. Dan Carlin's Hardcore History. Ooh, what's that? Uh, just a guy goes through like a historical thing and like talks about it for a very long time in very great detail. Um, the best is probably when he talks about World War One, mm-hmm. which is a six-part 
uh, set of podcasts, and each episode is over three hours long. Holy cow. And it's amazing, though. I bet it is. I would listen to that. That sounds really... That's a lot of research. Yes. Good and a lot of talking and listening three, for me. I'm sure. Yeah. But it's very good. But I like audiobooks and stuff. Also, if you haven't... I subscribe to the podcast, but it's a show on... Imp- Sorry, that was my phone. I have to keep it on in case I get called in. Um, it's uh, Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me from NPR. Have you ever listened to that? No, but I've heard of it. I went to go see it live one time. It's hilarious. It's like a, a, a comedy news quiz sh- show. It's so funny. They have like Mo Rocca was on there, Paula Poundstone. Um, there was a lot of other comedians and funny people. It's funny. Um, Dirty John. That was a wait did i yeah dirty john was a really good good one too um lore i love lore yeah i i have lore um oh heaven's gate it was um it was obviously about heaven's gate it was i mean it was it wasn't like i don't think they're still producing episodes but it was just uh, you know a series about it and it was really good i i learned so much it was awesome it was really well made and if you're okay with really raunchy, over-the-top nastiness, yeah. um, and you want crime stuff, and sometimes conspiracy, and also like uh, like alien stuff, yeah. or supernatural, last podcast on the left. Of course. they. I, love, I like them a lot, but again, it's extremely raunchy, and also they're on Spotify yes. only, which I find very annoying, yes. because I think Spotify, Spotify's podcast setup is terrible, wow. and I just want it to be on... The same thing I use, which is Pocket Casts. Yeah. Which is very good, unlike Spotify's. <laughs> but what are you going to do? What are you going to do? I think the answer is in this podcast. Okay. So I can edit it. Okay. Because we have had a lot of things crop up and blech. anyway. We're definitely running later than we normally would. I don't yeah. know if I'll get this out by the time it's supposed to, but it will be sometime that day. Oh, and also totally forgot to make a post about last week's episode we're still trying to like figure this out so please give us some grace <laughs> um also you guys need to tune in for next week's episode we've already been talking about it it's a very special episode it's one that you have probably heard of or at least in some part and um we're ex- both excited and sad to bring it to you um so please tune in next week hey everybody subscribe rate like share comment you can catch us on pretty much all free streaming services um send us an email at pttdpod at gmail.com let us know what you think give us some ideas um tell us if you knew somebody that was involved with something anything email us um you can catch us on facebook paint the town dead you can catch us um, on instagram paint the town dead all one word Last, you can catch us on Twitter at PTTDPod. And yeah, I think that's that's enough forms of communication and social media, I believe. I think that was everything. Okay. All right. Maybe more than everything. Yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> I'm very thorough. What can I say? Guys, again, thank you so much for tuning in. You make this happen. We appreciate you listening. Um, please tune in next week. And we can't wait to converse with you again. Everybody have a great week. Stay safe and goodbye. Goodbye.